Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Hello and welcome back. On this podcast, we're going to be interviewing Brother Matt Zwykowski from Kearney, New Jersey. He's a pastor up there, and uh, we're going to be talking to him about his book, Africa, My First Mission Trip, What Could Go Wrong? And uh, It was a great conversation, so join us now in our podcast already in session for the interview. Welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. This is a pre-recorded uh, video. As you can see in my upper, I guess you would say my left, um, you can see Brother Matt there, uh, Zwytowski. Uh, he's on mute right now, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, just, uh, there he goes. <laughs> but uh, we're going to bring him in shortly, but I just wanted to say thank you for joining me here on um, another video here, another interview. We're doing it uh, via Skype. Uh, Brother Matt is in New Jersey. I'll let him introduce himself just in a moment, and uh, we're going to be talking about this book right here. Let me get the little closer view here. We're talking about this book, talking about Africa, my first mission trip what could go wrong? And if you've read the book, or you should read the book, there's a few things that we'll discuss tonight that definitely do go wrong, but uh, having the mind of Christ through it all. So we're going to be talking about that. And without further ado, then let's go ahead and bring in Brother Matt. Uh, hello, sir, from Kearney. Is I saying that? Kearney, New Jersey. Go ahead, sir. Well, well hello, sir. It's probably uh, pronounced Kearney, but uh, Kearney. we don't uh, get too upset about it. Okay. Thank you for having us. It's good to be here. Oh, well, amen. Uh, I really, this has been a little bit in the making. Uh, so we were supposed to do it a couple Saturdays ago, and then the hurricane was coming through, and Brother Matt was having a little bit of uh, issues uh, with his, uh, uh, I didn't start my recorder. Oh, well. That's okay. I'll, I'll pull the I'll pull the audio out of here, and when we're all said and done. But uh, uh, but anyways, a couple Saturdays ago, uh, Br- me and brother Matt were supposed to set this up, and uh, Hurricane Ida was coming through, so we didn't know if we lose power, and he was coughing a little bit, and so we rescheduled. And I said, okay, let's do it for next Saturday. Everything was good to go, except I forgot what time zones are about. That I'm on Central, he's on Eastern. That means it's later for him, and so I told him the wrong time. And uh, so we missed it. But uh, here we are on Monday. Uh, this is actually Labor Day, the 6th of uh, September. And um, it, it's good to finally be able to see you and actually be able to conduct this interview after a few little false starts. Well, it was uh, interesting, but it's all uh, we'll take it all as of the Lord. I just appreciate you taking the time oh. and allowing us to come on here and talk about the book and, and whatever else the Lord would have us to talk about. Well, um, I, I want to just go ahead and have the people that do watch this uh, down the road or listen to the uh, audio version of the of this podcast down the road. I want them to just really quickly get to know you just a little bit. You know, uh, how you were 
um, where you're born, raised up, and uh, when you came to know the Lord, uh, your little bit of testimony of salvation there, and then um, maybe when you first met your wife and so forth and so on. So I'll, without further ado, I'll just kind of turn it over to you and just basically kind of give me a like a little brief history. Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in Kearney, New Jersey. This is my hometown. This is where I grew up. Uh, born right up the street here from the church at West Hudson Hospital. And uh, never really left the place, so this is home. Um, I grew up in the church where I'm pastoring right now. It was called Carney Union. It was a Protestant church, but it closed its doors sometime around 1980. My pastor was on the other side of town in an office building with Gospel Life Baptist Church. And uh, he saw the building was empty, and then he uh, came and uh, reopened the building as Gospel Light. But prior to that, in about 1974... When I was 10 years old, I was talking to my mom at the kitchen table, asking her about salvation, because we grew up in Sunday school. We heard the Word of God. We heard the Bible stories. It was a, uh, a gospel-preaching church. And so my mom knew the Lord, and I was asking her how you can be saved, and she explained the gospel to me. And so I uh, went down to my basement, out the back door, and into my backyard, and behind the shed that my father just built, we, uh, I bowed my head and prayed and trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior there Amen. as a 10-year-old boy. Amen. And uh, so we were in church growing, and uh, of course the church was dying that I was in, and eventually did die and close its doors. Uh, you know, I can't say that I was uh, the perfect Christian. I was not. I got involved in the world. Mm. I was uh, in high school. But my pastor, again, opened the building back up. My family went back to church. I didn't come the first Sunday, but I did go back the second Sunday, and God began to work in my heart as a sophomore. And when I was a senior in high school, January of 1982, um, the Lord had been really, really working on me, convicting me of my sins, and and I really told him I need to surrender my life to him. And and there in my bedroom, as an 18-year-old boy, I fell on my face and and uh, cried like a baby and told God I'll do whatever he wants me to do. My life is his. And so I gave my life to the Lord there when I was 18 years old. Mm, and so amen. we got we were in church. We're serving in church here, you know youth groups, soul winning, Sunday school, whatever needed to be done, you know, grass cutting, snow shoveling, whatever had to be done, we were just in church doing it. Mm. I often tell people, you know, I had a friend that was in church here with me. We were both about the same age. He's a little bit younger, but it was kind of a, uh, a wasteland for young people. There was not a whole lot of young people our age. We, we had a lot of younger kids, and then there were older kids, but there was nobody our age. So uh, in the dating department and things of that nature, when you're 21, 22 years old, and you're looking for somebody, there's, there's nobody around. Mm. So, uh, but we just, you know, we're just going to trust God. You know, God knows what I need. God knows where I'm at. Uh, but the Lord laid on my heart to go to, uh, to, to Bible college. And we, uh, did a very spiritual decision one day. We're deciding either we go to Chicago or we go down to Florida. And, uh, it was January. I was listening to the radio. And they said it was 20 below in Chicago. Hmm. And so the Lord laid, Lord laid, laid Jacksonville in my heart. <laughs> and uh, that's where we ended up going. Okay. And because uh, back in those days, you had basically had three Bible colleges. You had Chicago, mm -hmm. Jacksonville, or you went to Tennessee uh, up there to uh, Chattanooga. Yeah. That's the three main colleges back in those days. And so there I met my wife in Jacksonville. And uh, my future wife I went for one semester to Bible college. I uh, can't say I was impressed. I learned more Bible at home, learned yeah. more Bible studying at home. Yeah. I was taking home study Bible courses and and uh, 
just wasn't for me. So I got an education. I got a wife. And so we've been at that education now for 32 years. Yes. And so uh, I have four kids. Um, I was back in my church working. My pastor announced his uh, resignation in the fall of 94. And he said he would resign as soon as the sale of his house went through. Mm-hmm. And that took some time to go through. But he finally gave a date. And uh, the church voted me and his pastor. And in the let's see, August 1st of uh, 1995, I became the pastor here of Gospel Light Baptist Church, and we've been working and serving here ever since. So that's my my, my life in a nutshell. Not very exciting, but that's 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 me. Oh, okay. And um, I, we have something in common. I, I, I went, while reading your book, I, I saw it, but uh, we are both plumbers. Um, I yes, did I, I did find that out, and uh, so that was pretty neat to see. And so, like you, I guess you started working uh, just in the trade then uh, just to support yourself and the wife? Well, what happened is I was, uh, my sister married a plumber and he owned a plumbing company. It was a plumbing and heating company. They did plumbing and oil burner work. And so she got married in 77. She's um, number five out of six kids. So she's my older sister. She's number two in the bunch. She married my brother-in-law, Jimmy. And uh, my mom wanted to keep me out of trouble since my brothers were getting into trouble. She wanted to keep me busy. So she asked Jimmy, if there's anything I can do. And so they brought me to work basically my freshman year in high school when I worked the summer and I just basically did whatever needed to be done. I carried tools and, you know, we vacuumed out the, the oil boilers. We did that. And I just learned the trade. And I didn't think that I, what I was going to do for a living. I was still praying about it and still thinking about it. Uh, but uh, probably around my junior year, I realized, you know what, uh, I'm not going to college. College is not for me. I didn't think about Bible college yet, because that's not where my heart was. But I needed a trade. I needed something to do. And uh, my brother-in-law was still keeping me on working. And so I uh, just decided, you know, I'll stick with the plumbing trade. So I worked all through high school, summers, days off, holidays, whatever I could, worked as a plumber. And uh, then when I graduated from high school, I just stepped right into the plumbing trade and mm. uh, continued to do that. Uh, you know, I often joke with your father that does plumbing, you do plumbing. And, and you know, when you when you have a trade, no matter what it is, uh, and other pastors find out you have a trade, they generally mm-hmm. uh, want you to visit their church. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I often joke that, you know, when you tell a pastor that you're a, a plumber, they stare at you the way a cannibal stares at a fat missionary. And uh, they, yeah. they, they want you at the church fixing their toilets or looking at something. So right. we don't talk too much about it. <laughs> well, that's a, uh, yeah, that's so true. Um, you know, that's like one of those things, uh, learn a trade, though. Um, you know, it could be useful. Um, I even was on a missionary trip uh, one time down to Ecuador, and uh, the fact that I was a plumber, I was able to help out the, the missionary there with some of the plumbing problems he had. You, you never know when it could be useful. And it's, sure. always, it's always good to have a trade. Um, of course, I've been in the construction business for a long time, uh, being in the Navy, but um, um, they, they trained me up, but, uh, yeah, I, my dad gives me some pretty interesting stories from that building over there on the, <laughs> on the plumbing aspects of things. Yeah. We, yeah, we talked about that over a hot dog sometimes. <laughs> I'm talking about it. Yes. The famous, uh, New Jersey dogs. Uh, what, what is the, you know, Rutz, Rutz hut. <laughs> Rutz hut. Okay. Yeah, you haven't lived till you had a Rutz hut. Uh, next time I'm up there, I'm going to have to go get a hot dog with you there, brother. Come on up. We're going to take care of you. Oh, Amen. All right. Well, that's that's good. So you you uh, met your wife. You said, and you said you've been married for thirty two years. Thirty two years. Oh, 32 amen. Years. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, we have four kids. Three are married. 
and we have the uh, 16-year-old at home, so he's a junior in high school right now. So uh, two more years, we can kick him out and uh, have the empty nest. Yeah, that's uh, we we just you know we waited a long time. Me and my wife, uh, we're coming up on this year will be 18 years we've been married. And, um, you know, our oldest is just turned four back in March. So, uh, nice. we, we got a little bit of time before we're even approaching that, but I know mama doesn't care about that. She's, she's definitely enjoying the, having the babies. That's for oh, sure. Yeah, no, we, we enjoy our kids and, but you know, when you're young, you, you, you can't imagine your kids leaving. And then when you get older, you, you can't imagine them not leaving. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's uh, funny how God changes your heart. Right. Well, that's that's good, and and you know, there. Uh, did you say you had grandkids now as well? We have three grandchildren. Our daughter is married. She's the one with the, the kids now. Our son, our two sons are married, but they don't have any children yet. So all in good time. So uh, we have a granddaughter, grandson, and then a uh, another granddaughter born last December. So uh, we're excited about that. They're a blessing. A lot of fun. Well, good. Um, now. Let's get into the book a little bit. Um, so, heard a little bit of your background and your and your testimony. Uh, when when did you be, you say what year did you become the pastor there at Gospel Light? Uh, ninety five. Ninety five. Ninety five. So you had been maybe the pastor there how many years? Probably about ten or so years uh, before you went on this trip, or fifteen years. Fifteen years. Okay. And uh, there was a missionary that came by and. I guess he he had been through before you supported him uh, there in your local body of believers there, and he wanted you to go to Sierra Leone and uh, take us through just a little bit uh, without giving away too much in the you know by way of the book, but um, how that all came about your first missionary trip to Sierra Leone and what year that was in. Sure, it was 2010. Uh, Evangelist Dave Arnold, who who has a mission board called the World Evangelistic Outreach. There's several. Uh, by that name. So if you ever look it up, you have to make sure you find his in particular. But mm. World Evangelistic Outreach, he was a pastor in Pennsylvania, resigned and became went, went into uh, evangelism with missions with his main emphasis. And uh, so he's become our church since 96. And uh, he's always told me about Sierra Leone, the work they're doing, the wars that were there and how terrible it was. And he's always telling me, you know, Matt, you need to come to Africa. You need to come to Africa. And, uh, I, like I said, I, I said, I'll pray about it, but I did very little praying about it and uh, never really planned on it. It's, you know, it was expensive. I didn't have the money for it. Uh, you know, I leaving for two, three weeks, leave my wife and kids behind. Sure. Uh, you know, I just, you know, didn't never had the opportunity, never had the money. And then finally, in uh, 2010, he said, you know, he wants he's going to Africa by himself. His wife and daughter don't want him going by himself. He mm. needs to have somebody with him, and would I go with him? And so we're sitting in a restaurant after church that night, and, and uh, I just said, yeah, I'll go to Africa, just like that. And uh, so he like, praise God. And I looked over at my wife. She was looking at me, and I'm just looking at her, and I went back to eating. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thinking, well, I have to explain this to her when I get home, and now I have to. I go, how much does it cost to go to Africa, by the way, anyway? He said, oh, you're going to need around probably $3,800 or $3,500, and I'm it might as well have been a million dollars because right, I didn't have, right, I didn't have right. 10 bucks to, to spare. So I'm like, okay, when are we leaving? This was January. And he said, we're going to go in, uh, I believe it was March. So I said, I got a lot to, I have a lot of to do. I have to get a passport. I have to get all my 
vaccinations. I have to get the money raised. And where am I going to get this money? And, and uh, the next Sunday in church, a lady walked up to me who attended our church. And she said, here, here's an envelope. This is from Kim. I'm like, uh, Kim who? She, she goes, uh, Kim, she, you know, came with her family. Mm-hmm. And uh, they moved away. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, Kim. She goes, what is it? She just gave me an envelope. She told me to give it to you. She sold her house, and she wanted you to have this. And I opened it up. It was $500. Oh, wow. And so I just took that as a sign from God that I was to uh, start saving and and praying and see what God can do. Prior to this, somebody in church on my birthday, which was in January, gave me a journal. It was a leather-bound journal. And they said, here, Pastor, here's a journal. And I'm like, well, thank you. That's very kind of you. It's nice. I'm thinking, well, I, I, I don't use journals. I don't write right, in journals. Right. I don't keep a diary. I said, this is, but thank you. This is nice of you. And so I threw it in my desk drawer and forgot about it and so money started coming in people in church heard that i was going to africa and so people just without me asking anybody or putting in the bulletin or putting a sign up or uh people said pastor money's going to africa and so the church just started raising money and so the money came in all the money came in and uh i got my passport in time i got all my shots in time everything worked out everything came together and so uh we were getting ready to go to africa on a sunday afternoon we were going to leave, and uh, that Friday, a nor'easter storm hit the, mm. the east coast. It was a very bad storm, a lot of flooding, trees down, power down. It was bad. So when I got to the airport on a Sunday morning to catch my small flight to uh, Dulles in uh, Washington, they told me that the all the smaller flights were canceled. And I'm like, well, how do I get to Dulles? They said, well, we'll, we'll give you a train ticket and we'll put you on a train. Mm. And from there, from the airport, and that's where everything began to go crazy. And that's where <laughs> that's where the what could go wrong portion uh, started coming about. Yeah. So, it, you know, um, before we get too much further into just talking about this trip, uh, brother, why don't you tell people where they can find uh, this book um, if they want to purchase it? Um, I, I guess you can find it just about um, a few different places. But go ahead and tell them where they can find that. It's on Amazon. Uh, just look search bar, put Africa, my first missions trip, or if you can figure out how to spell my last name, you can <laughs> type my, my name in there, Matthew Swikowski, and it'll come up and you can purchase it there. Or they can, uh, if they're in the area, they can always see me or they can uh, email me at Matt B. Swy, M-A-T-T-B-S-W-I at Hotmail. And uh, we will uh, be more than happy to sign a copy and mail it off to you. Yeah, uh, for fifteen dollars. Yeah, that's what I was going to uh, talk about here. Let's see, let me bring up this. Yeah, right here. I have a. See, when you're the host, you get a personalized signed copy from the uh, the author there. So, very very interesting, very neat. I appreciate you uh, signing that uh, for me there and uh, writing a um, a wonderful note there. Um, and it definitely did put a smile on my face, brother. So, Thank I you. appreciate that. Um, but I, you know, I don't want to give away too many of the, um, I guess you would say the, the shenanigans that ensued, you know, because I I want obviously people to, to read the book. Um, but, uh, what is the, you know, because I would say practically speaking, uh, one of the best things I I saw out of your book was the, was the the scripture and the practical application of, um, what God was convicting you of in these moments, uh, of not just, you know, walking or, talking the talk, but actually having to walk the walk. And, you know, anybody that's maybe watching this that's traveled internationally, and which I have 
numerous times uh, can really relate to this, but it's it's a practical application of do you, are you going to have the mind of Christ? And that's what I liked about that. You know, let this mind be in you the 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 mind that Christ had the the spirit led life. You know, the the surrendering of His will as He prayed in the garden. The same thing that we have to do on a day to day basis. You know, because brother, yeah. like like the Bible says, we have the spirit of adoption wherein we cry now, Abba, Father, the same spirit within us. And right. um, trying to have the mind of Christ, though, with this flesh, obviously is hard, but if we die to self um, and live in the spirit, and that's what I liked about this book. But what is one of the main, I guess, small little stories that, that really stuck out to you in this trip to Sierra Leone, uh, especially since uh, war-torn, um, it just had gotten out of a major war, I guess you would say, a civil war. And yeah. um, a lot of de- devastation and everything. But what was one of the um, stories that stuck out to you that you put in the book here? Or maybe one that didn't even make it? Uh, <laughs> there's a few things I didn't put in the book. My wife was adamant about me not putting some things in the book. But, oh, okay, well, I don't want to uh, cause any problems there. But uh, Yeah, no, it's it's all good. It's just you We're just keeping it in the, in the uh, I guess, uh, it's just nothing bad. Just, you know. I guess something not proper to talk about. Oh, okay. But, right. You know, we, uh, you know, we got once we had trouble at the Newark Airport trying to get out of Newark Airport, and uh, I had to make a decision: do I go? Do I stay? What do I do? And, and it seemed like the Lord was leading me to just to go and trust Him. And the luggage and my suitcase, all that, you know, was wor- we'll worry about that later. I had to get to the, I had to get to DC, get get the Dulles, and catch the six thirty flight, I believe it was. And uh, during that time, the train ride, the Lord was impressing upon my heart. You know, you need to start putting this down. You need to write this down. The Holy Spirit was very clearly speaking to my heart. And uh, so I had packed the journal in that in my uh, carry-on bag that was in there. Mm. So every night at the end of every day, I would have the journal and I would write down everything I went through. Also, what the Lord had taught me. Uh, I don't know when I started this. It's one of these things, you know, you, you just, just do, I do it to myself. I don't know if anybody else does it, but I do talk to myself. And uh, anytime I learn something, anytime something strange happens, I see something strange, I usually say, you need to pay attention to this, Swikowski, and uh, or take notes on this, mm. you know, a mental note. And uh, that's what I, that's what the take notes Swikowski section is about. It's what yeah. God was teaching me on that trip. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's things that are out of our control. There's nothing you can do. And I don't know how you are, brother, but sometimes when people are miserable, when circumstances are out of control, it gets it annoys me. Mm. And I didn't want to be one of them people. There were circumstances out of everybody's control, and I didn't want to be an annoying individual. I was there to be a blessing. I was there to, to help Brother Arnold, and I didn't want to aggravate him with all that was aggravating me. Mm. And that I was learning. And so I was, you know, humbled. I was convicted. I was uh, beaten up by the Holy Spirit. I was having a great time. Then you let the flesh and the devil get to you. And then you watch the people with all that they're going through and how little they have. It was the people that always impressed me in Africa, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Church with, with no chairs. Like, I'm, we're standing in a building. It's this mud hut. And they're all excited about this building. I'm like, 
if we built this in America, you, you couldn't get anybody to show up. All right. I had just, before you'd mentioned that, I just, I have a dog eared. Uh, that's uh, exactly what I was going to turn to, you know, uh, where you asked what happened to the seats. Like, yeah. What seats, you know, like we don't, we don't have seats, you know? And, and the, and the fact that um, I think in another section, I think I have a dog eared. Um, they traveled seven hours. Yeah, seven hours church. to be the church, you know, to, to gather, to be the called out assembly of believers. And, um, you know, seven hours on, you know, page 97 here yeah. and just how they had walked. And, you know, people think that walking, you know, like, well, you just walk down the street, you know, seven hours in the African sun and in the bush, you know, where yeah. there's all sorts of things that could possibly happen, you know, criminals and all sorts of different things that had to go through and. Boy. It's a very dangerous country. Yeah, uh, you know, I was in. We, we were in Freetown itself. Very, very crowded. It makes New York City look like, uh, you know, uh, the cornfields of uh, of Idaho. You I mean it's just, you know, it's just the, the mass of humanity, and they're just everywhere at all hours of the day. There's no stopping the. At least New York calms down. You know, after mm. midnight. You, right. This doesn't. It just keeps going, and uh, to see all the people. And there is, it is dangerous. They told me to be careful with my camera and uh, hide it because they will try to steal it. But, you know, we were in church on, on Sunday morning and uh, we went back to our, our room at a mining camp. And then we were going to dedicate a new church building in, in uh, I think it's Pangbama. And uh, as we're gathered in this village and all the people were there, I'm looking, I'm like, these people look familiar. And brother, brother Arnold told me, he goes, yeah, they're from the, the village we were at this morning. I go, it took us an hour, two hours to drive here. I said, how far is it to walk? He goes, that probably took them seven hours. I said, seven hours? Mm. I can't get them to walk seven minutes. Yeah. And they walked seven hours. And then they had this big church celebration. It was hot. The church building was packed. Then they had church fellowship on the grounds afterwards. They're all eating, having a good time. The band was playing. Mm -hmm. And then they uh, just packed up and started walking home. I was like, it's the sun's going down. They're not going to get home till, mm. till 1 o'clock in the morning and then get up and go to work the next day. I said, this is yeah, this is Christianity. Yeah, that's how, <laughs> boy, that's, you know, and even that, uh, that is the portion where it talks about considering others more highly, you know, esteem others more highly. They wanted to esteem those others more highly than themselves, and they they took the the arduous journey of seven hours just to be a help to those other people, too. You know, because the the body of Christ and, and and trying to edify each other and hold each other up and, and, and encourage and exhort them. And um, I think that's one of, one of the things that we're so spoiled here in America. Um, you know, obviously what just happened in Afghanistan and all these different things that are happening where Christians are being put to the test. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that's what I really enjoyed in the timeliness of this book um, as far as you know, we say we're going to have the mind of Christ, you know, like, Hey, you know, let this mind be in you, but you know, Mike D'Angelo, are you really going to have this mind in you when it's put to the test? And, yeah. um, you know, we need to be, as Paul said to Timothy, um, I'm, I am fully persuaded. And those folks right there are fully persuaded. It doesn't matter if there's a machete and somebody telling them that you better not or else they're fully persuaded um, neither life nor death or principality or powers, all those different things. And, if you uh, study the history of, of Sierra Leone and the, the war they went through and yeah. all that they suffered, I mean, 
the atrocities. I mean, there's a few documentaries on YouTube. There's a, I think they made a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Kind of get some idea. I didn't see the movie with him, but you get some kind of idea. Uh, there is a YouTube video, and uh, you do have to sign in. You have to be over 18 to watch it, just because of the the violence they show yeah. and the the amputations and and what people went through. Uh, Solomon Gorvey, whom I talk about in the book, who basically oversees the work there in the church there. He's a national pastor, and uh, what him and his father went through yeah. and the horror stories and uh, the, the nightmares they have to live with. I mean, you talk about men going off to war and battles, but here's, you know, uh, one story that Solomon tells, he doesn't, he doesn't talk about it much at all, but they were running from the, uh, the rebels. And as they're running through the jungles, uh, one young girl fell into quicksand and, and uh, Solomon ran over to grab her when he felt the gun to the back of his head. Mm. And it was one of the rebels basically saying, let her go. And uh, you either get your head blown off. And so he he uh, let her go and watched her drown in that pool of quicksand. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's something he has to live with. Mm. And uh, and yet the, the raping, the mutilation of cutting off of arms and limbs and legs, you still see people there today missing limbs. Right. And you uh, and they're going to church and they're singing about Jesus. And, uh, you know, here in America, they lose their job and they're, you know, they're quitting church and calling, you know, right. cursing God. Yeah. It's a different brand of Christianity they got there. Yeah. And that's, and again, and, you know, I, I don't want to go into every single bit of this book, you know, obviously, but um, I, I definitely want people to read this. Um, you know, obviously the word of God is true and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is not a replacement by any means. But I like the the practical applications, the 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 life lessons that the Lord was teaching you on this first mission trip uh, to a foreign country. And like you said, you were born in Kearney and uh, never left the area. But here you are in Africa uh, on your first trip out of really out of the United States and everything like that. And uh, it's 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 a it's a true testament to that. And, uh, I really did enjoy the book and, and I hope everybody, uh, that watches this, um, purchases it. It's not, it's not very much, you know, and, uh, it's a very good, quick read, but it's, a uh, it's, it's an encouraging book, brother. And, um, that's, uh, that's why I'm so thankful that, uh, you're, you asked me to, uh, if I would be willing to even have you on, I said, absolutely. Once I read the book, I was like, man, this is great. So, um, well, thank is, you. Is there any other books or anything else in the future for Brother Matt Swykowski? Uh I got a lot of things I'm writing, and uh, I know God told me to write that book. I'm I'm clear as you know, and so I had clear direction. That's one. That's one of those things. I started writing it and put it off the side, wrote a little bit, and then finally, about four years ago, I kicked it into high gear. Maybe five years ago, I kicked it into high gear. So I need to sit down, finish this, because the Lord told me to do it, and so I really began to work and uh, and go through it and put everything down to get it uh, published. Uh, I have other things I'm writing, but it requires a little more research, more about my great, you know, I have pictures behind me of my great-grandparents, mm. and I'm writing about their life. It's a fascinating story. And, and they're, uh, you're of Polish descent, or? I am. My great, These great-grandparents behind me that you see here in this photograph, they would be Swedish. Okay. So my mother was not Polish. My mother, 
she always reminded me, remember, Matt, you're only half Polish. And so <laughs> I don't know what she meant by that. But yeah. uh, she uh, so she was uh, Swedish and Scottish. My father was Polish. Okay. And so I'm writing about that. I'm writing about some uh, other things. You know, there's a lot of brands in the fire, and I'm trying to get clear direction from the Lord before I commit to one thing. Some things about, you know, growing up in my life, lessons the Lord taught me as a boy. Okay. That helped shape me. So I'm putting those things down. Uh, but I just want to write something just to write something. I wanted to have like that book, have a, a, a biblical application. I just don't want to write a story and sure. have it be rumorous about my life. I want to, you know, how does this apply to my life? You know, it ought to be like a sermon, you know, hmm. a sermon. You can have all the Bible truths, but what's the application? How does this help me? How does this help the congregation? So I want, I want to give something that's going to help the reader. And so I'm just writing and praying and putting things down as the Lord, Holy Spirit will direct me and guide me through it. Oh, amen. Well, um, let's see. I, I, we obviously have that in common, uh, as a majority of people do, I guess you would say, in the United States with that immigrant uh, background. Um, I think one of the neatest things I ever saw was my, uh, my great-grandfather, uh, D'Angelo, and his name um, in the registry there at Ellis Island. Um, when I got to see that, that was pretty neat. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to that um, in Lord's timing and His will. And uh, hopefully, uh, I, I definitely will be getting that as soon as it comes out um, down the road Thank there, you. Brother Matt, um, you know, as the Lord directs. But uh, is there any is there anything else that you wanted to, to talk about while you were here? Uh, I, I think we mentioned your, your life, a little bit of the, you know, without giving too much away from the book, just mm-hmm. enough of a teaser. But is there anything else that you'd like to say to anybody that could be watching? Uh, well, you know, again, the book is humorous. I try to put a lot of humor in there. Everything... And the humor is all aimed at me. This everything that's in the book is what really happened. I don't. I didn't embellish because I didn't need to <laughs> embellish on it. What happened is was what happened. Uh, all everything that could go wrong basically did go wrong. Uh, but how God took care and God led and God directed through everything. And again, it's one of those things. As you mentioned, I'm a carny boy. I didn't travel. I've been up and down the coast of the United States. I traveled this country, you know, on the eastern seaboard. But uh, to, to be in a foreign country uh, was one of the most sobering, especially a third world country, was very sobering. And uh, hmm. that when I was in Freetown and we were told we're going to go into the provinces, which basically into the jungles the next day. And uh, I'm thinking I'm leaving the best it's going to get. It's going downhill <laughs> from here. <laughs> yeah. I said, and I thought to myself there at one point, I'm like, you know, if God called me, I don't know if I could do this or not. This, hmm. This is... But, you know, it's amazing when God leads you somewhere, God will help you and God direct me. And, you know, and when it was all said and done, I, I went back again the next year. And next year, there's nothing to write about because everything went smoothly without a hitch. And we had a great time. <laughs> yeah. But you, you, you love the people. You love the, the church. You love preaching for them. We preached, you know, and you preach and, you know, thousands of people show up. Hmm. And you're just like, you know, how many's here tonight? We don't know because the, the lights only go so far. Then there's, you know. Uh, you know, one thousand here. Then there's probably another thousand out there, in 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 the fields that you can't see because there's no lights, there's no no street lights at night. So, right, thousands of people just listening to the gospel as you talk about Jesus through an interpreter. It was just a, uh, and again, it's new for me. Other men have done it a hundred times, but it was just my first experience. So, uh, like I said I'm not Superman. I'm not David Livingston. I'm I didn't do anything that nobody else has done, but it's just my first time experience. And and uh, everybody who's read it said they've enjoyed it, especially, you know, the funny parts in there mm. about all that could possibly go wrong. 
Yeah. It's just impossible that that much stuff can go wrong to, to one guy. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like it does, yeah. <laughs> no, um, but it, I like I said, it's 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 a great. I think, uh, like I said, you know, there's nothing like out of the ordinary, and it's not one of those books which I was really hoping it wasn't, and yeah, you know, I did disappoint. One of those books, it's like you know, we went over there, and you know, hundred thousand people were saved, and all this kind of stuff. You know, there was just a, opportunities to share the gospel, and which you did, you know, but there was no glory, self glory, and everything. If anything, you know, self deprecating yeah. humor, as you as you mentioned, so. Um, it's a very good book. Um, like I said, if anybody wants to find it, they can find it on amazon.com. Um, just look up Africa. Let me get a closer view here off to the side. Uh, Africa, type that in there. My first mission trip, what could go wrong? Or you see the spelling there, uh, brother Matthew B. Zwykowski senior, uh, just be looking that up or search for that. Or also if you would brother, go ahead and give me your, um, your email address one more time. Sure, it's uh, Matt, M-A-T-T-B as in Benjamin, S-W-I, MattBSWI at Hotmail.com. And if you uh, send me your address, and uh, we have a PayPal account with that, and uh, just $15. I think Amazon's asking basically almost 17 but we'll uh, do a 15 and get you the book. And we joke with everybody. It's a joke now. I said, if you buy one copy, it's fifteen. If you buy two, it's forty-five, and three for seventy-five. <laughs> so we're we got a deal, we got a deal going. So, <laughs> well, what a deal! What a deal! Uh, that's a uh, that's some New Jersey math up there going on or something. I don't know what's happening, but uh, we're going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah, make you an offer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, brother. Well, it was good uh, yeah, getting a chance to just talk with you for this brief amount of time. Um, you know, I don't want to make it too long of a video, but uh, I definitely wanted to encourage people to go uh, watch or read this book. And uh, let me get it back over here to this. And um, I'll have you wave goodbye to everybody and um, say hello to all your friends and family and uh, people that know you up there. Um, have them tune in. Um, we will. Sp- we'll spread the word. Yes, amen. Uh, Let This Mind Be In You. You can always check that out on uh, on uh, YouTube, Let This Mind Be In You. Also on Facebook, you can wa- look us up on Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. And um, if you would just do that and go ahead and share the book or share the book and also share the, the channel and everything like that, I would appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it for now. Um, thank you for joining me on this uh, short little produced video uh, with Brother Matt there and talking about his first mission trip to Africa. Uh, we uh, are so thankful that we're getting a chance to do this, and we're looking to do it more. So if uh, if potentially you or anybody that's watching this uh, knows of anybody that would like to do a, an open-type interview like that, um, please let me know. All right, um, that's it for now. Thank you. God bless, and remember to have the mind of Christ. Just like Brother Matt had to remember that all the time, let this mind be in you. All right, God bless you, and uh, we'll see you next time.